All right, welcome back to our study of the book of James, and I appreciate you listening in. Remember, go ahead and subscribe, share with anyone that you believe this might help. Just going through the Bible, verse by verse, and seeing what God has for us in this very practical book, uh, the general epistle of James. So we see uh, we're going to look today in James chapter 1, verse 5, where we left off. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and unabradeth and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a, a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And today I want to talk about the choices in trials. The choices and trials. Remember, James is writing to people that are being persecuted, that are going through trials. In last study, we've seen that trials were our method for maturity. Trials are allowed and permitted by God to test our faith. They are the opportunity for us to grow in our faith, to become perfect, mature, wanting or lacking nothing. Then we see in verse number five, continuing on with this thought, he, he brings up the topic of wisdom. He says, if any of you are lacking in wisdom, you can ask of God and he will give you wisdom. Now, we got to understand something here. Trials do not produce maturity, but they provide an opportunity to produce maturity. They provide an opportunity for maturity. It all comes down to one thing. Each person's individual choice. So we see the choices that we make in trials are important. If we want to grow in our faith, if we want to grow in the image of Christ, it's going to be by making wise choices. And that applies especially in our trials. You can become bitter or better, blessed or stressed, more or less like Christ, depending on the choices that you make. Now, the old me used to play music and love some old country music. Old uh, George Jones used to sing a song, I've Had Choices. From the day that I was born, there were voices that told me right from wrong. If I had listened, I wouldn't be here today living and dying with the choices that I've made. That is, look, believe it or not, there's a whole lot of spiritual truth there from old George Jones. We will live or die, be blessed or be stressed based off the choices that we make. Uh, so it all depends on the choices that we make. What do we need to make right choices? We need wisdom. We need to understand how important wisdom really is. And I want to give you a couple thoughts today real quick on the topic of wisdom, the choices and trials. Number one, the realization of wisdom. Uh, the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, that's kind of funny there because the truth is, is that all of us lack wisdom. We all must realize that we all lack wisdom. No matter how old you are, your age, or how long you've been a Christian, no matter how educated, no matter how experienced you are in life, none of us are completely wise. We will never get to the end of wisdom. We will never exhaust wisdom. We, will, we all, 
at all times in all stages of life need wisdom, and we all need more wisdom than we have right now. You need more wisdom than you have right now. We will never get to the end of wisdom. I've I've read, I don't know how true this is, but I've read that we make 35,000 decisions in a day. Now, you just go through the decisions you make just in the morning. I mean, think about the decisions you have to make. You have to decide to open your eyes. You have to decide to hit that clock two or three or four times the snooze button. You have to decide to finally get out of bed. You have to decide to brush your teeth, fix your hair, you know, get dressed. You have to decide what to wear. I mean, the the thoughts on that go on and on. We have uh, estimated 35,000 decisions on what uh, you know decisions to make in a day and some are just instinctive some are just routine some you don't have to think about some are no-brainer and some you know uh, just come naturally but what we're talking about here is any of the smallest actions thoughts or movements required by the brain just to make a functional decision someone once said and I believe you know you can study this on your own look it up if you care but you Google it. They say we make 226 decisions a day just on food. So if you calculate all this up, the 35,000 decisions a day, in one year you will have made 12,740,000 decisions. In a lifetime of just, let's say, 70 years, you will have made almost a billion decisions, like close to 900 million decisions. So some are no-brainer and routine and automatic, but some are more serious. Every decision has a consequence, and the more important the decision, the more important is the consequence. I mean, you could, some examples of more serious decisions, you know, who are you going to marry? What is your career going to be? Uh, you know, how are you going to raise your family? You know, there's there's a lot of serious decisions Where are you going to go to school, college, whatever? And we need godly wisdom to make the right decisions in life, and especially in the trials of life. We need godly wisdom to live in the benefits, the blessings, and the protection of God. Because the truth is, is wisdom can keep us from danger. It can keep us from unnecessary pain. It can keep us from uh, certain things in life that are not good for us. We need wisdom to to reap these benefits and blessings and protection of God. I think about how maybe some of you have been to, uh, say, Pigeon Forge or uh, maybe out west. We, We like to go and go see wildlife. Maybe you've been to Cades Cove and you drove through there or maybe Yellowstone, but you always got that one person that they like to get as close as they can to these wild animals. You know, that's not very wise because they are wild animals. And and there's been people that have died or, or been severely injured because they just want to get an up close and pers- personal picture of this animal. If they were not so foolish and they were a little more wise, they would understand that there's danger here. Uh, but but the same applies to, say, drinking. You know, it's not wise to 
to drink at all. It's not wise, especially to drink and drive. It's not wise to to do drugs. You know, it could ruin your life. It's not wise to text and drive. You know, wisdom will keep you from danger. But what is exactly what is wisdom? Wisdom is the natural or uh, the, the right use and exercise of knowledge. The ability to judge correctly and follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. Now, you can have knowledge without wisdom. Wisdom isn't just knowledge because there are people that are knowledgeable, but they are foolish. There are educated fools. Knowledge can give you a good living, but wisdom gives you a good life. Knowledge can give you a good career, but you need wisdom for the blessings of life. We need wisdom to make the right choices in life. Knowledge gives you the ability to take things apart, but wisdom is how you put things together. Knowledge is raw information, but wisdom is how to use the knowledge, the raw information that you have, that you've learned how to use it the right way. And the Bible talks about wisdom in different ways. Uh, it speaks of the wisdom of God and the wisdom from this world. Now, this is this is really true wisdom and false wisdom. And, and Romans 1, verse 22, uh, you know, Romans 1, 19 through 25, really. 1 Corinthians 3, 19 through 20. Uh, James is going to touch on this in James 3, verse 15, where he says that, this wisdom descendeth not from above. It's not godly, but it's earthly, sensualist, and devilish. So there is true wisdom and false wisdom. There is godly wisdom and there is worldly wisdom. Wisdom from God starts with realizing and recognizing all true wisdom comes from God. He is the source and supplier of wisdom. True wisdom, true wisdom only comes from God. You have to, it has to start by having a reverence for God, a respect for God, to know that he has all the answers and you humble yourself before this almighty, powerful, omniscient God and you seek him for wisdom. You read and study his word. You go to him for the answers. Worldly wisdom is the opposite. It's prideful. It's intentionally excludes God. I mean, you look at, uh, wisdom of this world, creation uh, versus evolution. You look at, uh, you know, how every, all these different things in life that just wants to exclude God from the picture. And then the purpose is, is so that man does not have to submit to a higher power, to the almighty God. So the realization of wisdom. And then number two, we see the receiving of wisdom. How do you receive this wisdom? It's very simple. You ask God for it. He says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. You see, God has plenty of it, and he is willing and wanting to give us wisdom. And this goes to anyone, any man, any person. God is no respecter of persons. If you ask for it, he will give it. You don't have to be old to be wise. You just have to be humble to be wise. You have to seek God to be wise. We need to prioritize this wisdom in our life. Notice what he didn't say to ask for. We don't need to ask for uh, the absence of troubles. We don't have to ask. We shouldn't ask for the absence of trials or problems. But we need to ask for the availability of wisdom in our trials. Uh, 
Now, I want you to think, where in the Bible do we see this? Where someone prioritized wisdom above everything else. And you may be thinking uh, in 1 Kings 3, verse 5 through 15, we see the account of, of Solomon. Where Solomon was, uh, God asked him, what do you want? And he replied with wisdom. I need to know how to lead. I need to know how to to uh, lead this nation. He humbled himself, realizing that he didn't have all the answers, and he asked for wisdom. And then the amazing thing about wisdom is that when you get wisdom, it blesses every other area of your life. And, and, and we see that in Solomon. Every area of his life was blessed as long as he humbled himself before God and sought God's guidance, direction, and wisdom. We need to pray every day for wisdom. We need to pray every day for God to give us wisdom as we go through life. It's one of the most precious things available in our life. And we need wisdom every day. You need wisdom to be a good father, to be a good husband, maybe to be a good mother or, or, or wife. Or you need wisdom as a child, as a kid, as a teen, as you go through the daily struggles of life and the temptations that you face. You need wisdom as you decide your career choice and who to marry and all these different things. You need wisdom. And the good thing is that God has it available if we would just ask. Solomon wrote a whole book about wisdom, Proverbs, and he speaks of wisdom over and over and over again. He actually uses the word wisdom five times just in the first six verses. In the whole book, he speaks of wisdom 125 times. If we really want wisdom, we shouldn't just ask God for it, but we should seek it in his word. How serious are we really wanting wisdom if we're not willing to read and seek wisdom through God's word? Um, so wisdom needs to be a priority in our life because wisdom is what will bless your life. It will bless your marriage. It will bless your children, your family. Money isn't what you need in those difficult, trying times of life. Wisdom is. Now, how does God give wisdom? Look, thinking of the receiving of wisdom, the Bible says he gives it liberally and upbraideth not. He gives it liberally, which means he gives it generously. He's not stingy with it. He gives it abundantly. He has more than enough. He will give in an overabundance of wisdom. He gives enough to spill over in every other area of our life. He's not stingy with it. He wants us to be blessed and have godly lives. He wants us to make right decisions. He gives it liberally. He gives it upbraideth not, which means he gives it without finding fault, without reproach, Upbraideth means to defame, to rail, uh, it speaks of be, to cast in teeth as a definition, which means just to like throw it back in your face, to taunt, to reproach, to revile. What does this mean exactly? Well, I believe it means that God will not throw it back in your face when you ask for wisdom based on your past choices. He will help us even though we haven't received his help in the past. He doesn't say, oh, now you want wisdom. Now you now you want my help. Now you want to see what I have to say after you done made a mess of your life and after you done led to, uh, you know, suffering and shame and embarrassment. Now, you no, he doesn't do that, which is so great, because if if that was me, I would say, eh, no, you figure it out on your own. But God doesn't do that. He says, come to me and I'm going to give it to you and I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. 
What a loving God we have. He gives it liberally and upbraideth not. So what are some practical ways that we can receive wisdom from God? I believe if we ask him in certain situations, he will give us understanding. But sometimes he gives it to us in different ways. I mean, he may place some godly, mature Christians in your life to give you wisdom. I believe it's important to have counselors in your life, people that, you know, that are godly influences that can counsel you according to God's word. I believe he'll give you wisdom as you go through life and as you as you go through experiences of life. I believe he'll give you wisdom as you read and study and seek his word. You seek the deep truths and the principles of God's word, uh, reading his word. You know, he's got a whole section of wisdom that we can read in his in in the word of God. And he gives us this promise. He says, if you ask of wisdom, if you ask wisdom, he'll give it liberally, upbraideth not, and it shall be given. That's a promise. Shall be given. Now, you ask yourself this question, can God lie? And of course, we know he cannot. He will fulfill his promise. He says, I am able to do exceeding above all that you ask or think. Abraham counted him faithful that what he had promised he was able also to fulfill. So we have to believe that promise. We have to trust that promise. We have to claim that promise. And that brings me to the last point, that there is a requirement for wisdom. Now, there's a whole lot that I want to say about this, and I want to try to keep this short. So we're going we're gonna to touch on that next time. But there is a requirement. There's a requirement to receiving this wisdom. And we're going to look at that next time. But I want to end with this thought. We see the fulfillment of wisdom in Jesus Christ. He is the personification of wisdom. Jesus is wisdom incarnate. In Colossians 2 verse number 1, it says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ. And then verse number three is really what I wanted to get to here. In whom, in who? In Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom. So the, the, the truth is here is that the more you know Jesus and the more you follow Jesus and the more you trust Jesus, the more you live like Jesus, the more wisdom you will have. And the more wisdom you have, the more blessed your life will be. Wisdom teaches you how to live. Wisdom teaches you how to live in this life and make the most of it. How not to waste your life, but to live it to the fullest, seizing every opportunity, making right decisions and choices and what to do in the trials of life. Wisdom teaches you how to live and how to live right. And that's the greatest thing that we can experience in our life and also pass down to others. We can't pass down something we don't know and we don't have. So find the fulfillment of wisdom in Christ. Live for him. 
follow him, trust him, seek him. And the more wisdom you have, the more wisdom uh, you have in your life, the more blessed your life will be. Hope that you can apply this to your life and that we can grow through this study. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, O God, for your word. We thank you for the truths of it. God, I pray that everyone listening right now, God, that you would give them a heart humble and desperate for you, that you will guide them into your truth, that you will fill them with wisdom, Lord, when they ask, and that they will walk in the wisdom that you've provided. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.